Now, praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adeomi. I'm going through the book of Acts of the Apostles. We are now in chapter 22. Apostle Paul in chapter 21 was already arrested by the Jews from Asia. And he, he was almost about to be killed by the soldiers. The chief captain with his family, the Roman soldiers, came and rescued him from their hand. And when they were carrying him to the castle, which is like a mobile, a mobile court that the ship captain uses with the soldiers to get to the a hot place quickly a hot a hot point a hot spot then he asked for permission to talk to the crowd so he gave him permission so he was now going to address the crowd in chapter 22 he was going to give them his testimony whom he was before and now the Lord talked to him that's why he wanted to tell them he thought that which changed their mind but it didn't go the way he was thinking let's read through it and one verse by verse and we will stop and give our comment to see how we can get more insight in the experience of Apostle Paul. We can learn some letters from Jesus and we may, God will tell us some things and we may not understand it, but we have to just resign to the will of the Lord. And that was what happened here to Apostle Paul. When he was coming to Jerusalem, the prophecies were telling him that some terrible things are going to happen. He said he already knew that he was ready to come. The, the brethren are saying that with this prophecy, don't go to Jerusalem. Don't, why are you weeping and breaking my heart? He was ready to not only be bound, but to die in Jerusalem. Only name of the Lord. But God didn't allow him to die in Jerusalem. God had a better plan. So you will stand before Caesar. And that took many years before he get to Caesar. But he was arrested in this visit to Jerusalem. And he was going to be a prisoner from that time forward till he got to Rome. So let's read on in chapter 22. Verse by verse and we stop and give some comments. But Apostle Paul was now going to defend himself before the crowd that arrested him in Jerusalem. In front of them, he stood up. And the soldiers surrounding him, and he was now going to talk to them. And he said, Men and brethren, chapter 22 of Acts of the Apostles, verse 1. Brethren and fathers, hear ye my defense, which I make now unto you. He was going to defend himself. Verse 2. And when they heard that he spake in the Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he said, So they went to hear him. So they actually kept silence and listened. And in verse 3, he started as I am verily a man which I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city that is brought up in Jerusalem. That is brought up in Jerusalem. At the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the Lord of the Fathers, and was zealous toward God. As ye all are these days, say, I was zealous toward God. The way I was brought up, like you all are zealous towards God today. Verse 4. And he said, And I persecuted this way, that is the way of Christ. He said, I persecuted them unto the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. So he was telling them who we used to be. And I used to be a persecutor of these Christians. And I will tell you how I changed. That's what he was going to tell him his testimony. He was binding and delivering into prison both men and women that formerly believed in Jesus Christ. But as far as I said, as also the high priest does bear me witness. The high priest knew about it. 
and all the estate of the elders, from whom also I received letters unto the brethren, and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem, or to be punished. I was even doing it, going to other places to go and bring them bound that I believe in this, uh, this Jesus of Nazareth. Verse 6, And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light around about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecuted. Now, when he got to this point, these, these people that were listening to him, these Jews, they didn't, they didn't oppose, they didn't uh, riot against this. So they already knew that way. they said Jesus of Nazareth is alive. So he appeared to this man. So they are not revolting against what he said so far. And they that were, he said, Apostle 4, continue verse 9. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. So Apostle said, I was the only one that hear the voice of this fellow that talked to me. Verse 10. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus. And there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. So the Lord will not begin to preach to you. He's going to send somebody else to talk to you who is the disciple. Verse 11. And when I could not see, Paul said, I couldn't see. For the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwell there, and that Ananias already believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, came unto me and stood and said unto him, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, Now, if you, that's how Apostle Paul reported it here. When you go to the earlier verses where it really happened, the Bible said, the Lord told Ananias to go and meet Saul. And when Ananias came to Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, he mentioned that Jesus, whom you met on the road, sent me to come and lay my hand upon you so that you can receive your So when Apostle Paul was relating this to this crowd, he didn't say, he didn't say that you say, he just said, receive thy sight. And verse 14, and he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you that thou should know his will and see that just one and should hear the voice of his mouth. Now, that's part of it. How Apostle Paul framed this verse 14 was reporting what Ananias was told by the Lord Jesus Christ. said, I have called Apostle, so I've called to, I'm going to show him what he's going to suffer for my name's sake. And that I've chosen him to do, to, to take my name to the Gentiles and to the to the kings, and he will suffer for my name's sake. And that was what Ananias must have reported to Saul of Tazor when he was praying for him to receive his sight. And he was now summarizing, you know, paraphrasing. Sometimes somebody will say something, you are paraphrasing it with other words. So this is a paraphrase of what Ananias told Saul. He said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee that thou should know his will and see that just one, that just one is Jesus, and should hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So that was what he, somewhere, he paraphrased what Ananias told him, and then he was baptized. Verse 18 says, And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, Apostle Paul was still talking, 
Even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance. And saw him, saw who? Jesus. Saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. So it was Jesus, he said, he saw in the trance. Then I said, Lord, they know that I am in prison and beat in every synagogue, them that believe on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr, Stephen, was shed, I also was standing by and consent unto his death and kept the remnant of them that slew him. So Apostle Paul said, he told the Lord, that well, they knew that I was antagonist of you before. I think they will believe my testimony now. God knew better. Verse 21 says, And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. So that is how far Apostle Paul was led to speak. Verse 22 says, And they gave him audience unto this world, and then lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from there. Why? Because he said he, God sent him to the Gentiles. He said, Away with such a fellow from there, for it is not fit that he should live. You wonder why will that be their bone of attention? Because of their theology have been confused. They thought God is only for the Jews. God is only for the Jews. God is only for the Jews. So when they said God sent it to the Gentiles, they said away from such a person. They think that was false. See? Verse 24. Verse 20 says, And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bid that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know where, where for they cried so against him. So that was the end, how far they listened to Apostle Paul. When he told them that God told him to go to the Gentiles, they said, well, away with such a person. But see, they didn't know the plan of God, that God is saying through the Abraham, the whole world will be saved. They didn't understand that or believe that. They thought it's only, it's for Israel. God is for Israel. And then that was not even the, the reason why they killed the Messiah. They think this is not their Messiah. They also. But see, this man said, God told him to go to the Gentile people to them. They said, no, they wave such a person. But that was how far they listened. And then the captain thought something must be wrong. Let's bring him and interrogate him more. That's what they did. Like, you call it interrogation in this world. Let's interrogate him. Maybe we confess. Verse <laughs> 25. So as they bound Paul, they bound him with tongues. They wanted to flog him. So they said, confess what, what you really did. What you really did. You see, they were all crying against you there. They must... You must be telling them some lies. Confess, that's what he wanted to do. So you, if they are crying against you, they must, you must be telling them some lies. They can read that line. And that's why they are crying against you. Confess. They want to beat him over the confess. So they were binding him up with tongues as a chains. And so that he's going to expose his back and they're going to whip his back. Paul said unto the centurion that stood by him. Centurion is, the, is under the captain, chief captain. They have centurions under him. Centurions are the rulers of thousands, of tens, of hundreds. A centurion, a century is hundred. Centurion is a leader of, of hundred soldiers under him. And maybe some of these hundreds, some of these centurions will be about four or five centurions will be under the chief captain. So he said, This centurion, the one that was standing by, and his soldiers were buying him apostle Paul so that they can start the flogging. So he asked that centurion, he said, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? A Roman? Are you a Roman? So that's Caught that centurion by surprise because these people are Romans. Some of them are not Romans, they're just soldiers of Rome. Verse 26 When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, are thou a Roman? He said, Yeah. And the chief captain answered, his chief captain confessed his own status and said, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. I said, Well, I have to buy my own citizenship. 
cost me a lot of money to buy citizenship to be a Roman so that I can enjoy all these privileges. And Apostle was there, but I was freeborn. Oh, then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the ship captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had been bound, he has bound him. So that method, that knowledge of the law of Rome was delivering Apostle Paul from all those bad beating or what you call it, abuse. It will be called abuse of uh, power that some of those soldiers will do. When they heard he was a Roman, they know they can't abuse their power. This man know the law. They may be in trouble. They will be, they will be chastised or arrested if he reported this thing to, to Rome or to, or to the governor even. So that was why they quickly departed from him. They are not going to flog him because he was a Roman. But it's, sometimes it's good to know the laws of the land. You may deliver yourself. But to know, you have to read it also. And there are many times we don't know most of those things, but the Lord help us. Sometimes the Lord can even whisper to your mind to claim your right so that you don't get flogged for no reason. Verse 30. On the morrow that is following day, because he would have known the certainty wherefore he was accused of the Jews, that the chief captain loosed him from his bands and commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. So Apostle Paul now was brought before the council of the Sanhedrins in Jerusalem, who are the rulers of the temple. And some of those people were still alive, perhaps, who persecuted Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, and crucified him. Or maybe some of them are dead by that time, because we are talking of at least 30-something years has already passed now after Christ. Apostle Paul has been preaching around for many years now, since the time he was converted. So we are talking of 20-something years after Christ was crucified or 30-something, we don't know. But that was what was happening now. He, so he brought Paul before them and said, let's see what you guys find out about this man. Why should he have to be in bondage? He's actually a Roman. So I'm going to continue this in chapter 23. I will more or less just continue chapter 23 because it will be more or less reading the stories and commenting on it. Chapter 23. So Paul was brought before the, the council of the Jewish rulers in Jerusalem. Verse 1. And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God unto this day. And that made the, 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 prof, the high priest angry that he was boasting of himself. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. I mean, say you, they say you are, you are holy. Who are you to say you are holy? So they say, smite him on the mouth. Then said Paul unto him, God shall smite thee, thou whited wall. For seated thou to judge me after the law, and commanded me to be smitten contrary to the law. So Apostle Paul was a, a great uh, attorney. He knew the law, even the law of the Jews, because he was an educated person. Not just educated, he was taught by Gamaliel was a ruler of the, all of the, as a school. So he was an educated person. He has the law. He knew the law of the Romans. He knew the law of the Jews. So he was more like what you call an attorney, a lawyer. So that's why he was able to say, you sit to judge me after the law and you are commanding that I should be speaking contrary to the law. That is, you have not done anything wrong. How can you tell him to just smite me like that? So that's why he was using the law to, to confront the high priest. And then the people that are standing by, they are always on the side of the high priest. That's for say. And they that stood by said, Revilest thou God's high priest? I mean, are, you, are you now insulting the high priest? 
Then Saul wants to appease those crowd. Said something, oh, I wish not brethren that he was the high priest. He said he was the high priest. Because now we have a new high priest. Christ Jesus is our high priest after the other of Mexico. But see, these people don't believe that. So they are still having the high priest of men, the sons of Aaron. So Apostle, used, Apostle Paul, according, according to this verse 5, was using past tense. The most likely didn't recognize that. They would have, they would have opposed, object. But he said, he said, I wish not, brethren, that he was the high priest. He was the high priest. For it is written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. He quoted some of the laws of the Bible to them. To make them know that he knew the scriptures. So it was written, Thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So he stopped railing against that high priest. Number six. But when Paul perceived that the one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, Men and brethren, I am a Pharisee the son of a Pharisee. Of the hope and resurrection of the dead, I am called in question. He just wanted to throw a division among them because he knew that the Pharisees and the Pharisees were always antagonizing one another when it comes to doctrine. And he happens to be, a, he was a Pharisee with them before. The Pharisees believe in resurrection. The Sadducees don't believe anything like that. The Pharisees believe in angels and spirits. The Sadducees don't believe that. They think they, there's something like that. Okay, but they were all still part of the council. So Paul put himself in the Amin and said, I am a, I'm a Pharisee. And he said, the hope of resurrection is why I'm being called a Christian, because that's what he has been preaching about, that Jesus Christ resurrected. He has been preaching about all over the Gentiles world, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that he resurrected from the dead. So those who don't believe in resurrection, we oppose him. Also. Then those who don't believe Jesus is the Messiah, also we oppose him. So those Jews that were accusing, that were arresting him, they don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. Whether they believe in resurrection or not, they just don't believe Jesus is the Messiah. So Apostle Paul now is lining himself with the Pharisees and saying, I am preaching resurrection. And the Sadducees don't believe that. So the Pharisees say, well, we believe in resurrection. But they believe in the resurrection on the last day. That there will be a resurrection when God will raise up all the dead. That's what they are talking about. But Jesus Christ has demonstrated that it's going to happen. That's why he resurrected himself first. But they didn't believe, the Pharisees that don't believe in Christ, they don't believe that he resurrected either. So they were... They believe in resurrection at the last day, but they didn't believe Jesus Christ resurrected. But they are that's the Jews that don't believe. So, but uh, Apostle Paul is trying to say, I'm preaching resurrection here. And they say, Oh, yeah, we believe in resurrection. The Pharisees and the Sadducees now begin to attack one another. But Samuel said, When he has said, when he has so said, there arose a dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the multitude was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, neither angel nor spirit. But the Pharisees confessed both. And there arose a great cry, and the scribes that were of the Pharisees but arose and strove, saying, We find no evil in this man. But if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him, let us not fight against God. Now, they are just citing what Gamaliel told them many years ago, that, hey, look, leave these disciples of Jesus Christ alone. If this thing is made man-made, it will fade away. We don't need to worry about it. But if it is God that is doing this thing, you will be fighting against God. Leave them alone. So they decided to leave the apostles alone during that time. They see the rest of the society still didn't want to accept it. So that's what these Pharisees were saying. Let us not fight against God. A spirit could have spoken to Apostle Paul. And that's what they say. If a spirit or an angel, or an angel could have spoken to him. Because they believe in spirit, they believe in angels. But the Sadducees don't believe any of those. So that's why they say, let's not fight against God. Verse 10. 
And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, because some of them said, let's let him go. Somebody go, you can go. And the other guy said, drag him back. So how can you just turn this place into the Pharisees' council? And the Sadducees said, well, he has to stand. So that was where they began to pull him yeah, pull him there. And the captain that was watching said, they are going to tear this man to pieces. Go get him out of there. So he said, he commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and to bring him into the castle. So they took Paul out of the place. So they couldn't, the people, the, this council couldn't conclude what they are trying to decide on Paul. Verse 11. And the night following, the, the night following, the Lord stood by him, by Paul, and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now that is a comfort that the Lord came to Apostle Paul in a dream and vision, told him that you are going to Rome. You know, Apostle Paul has said he wanted to get to Rome. When I get to Jerusalem, then I will get to Rome. He could have seen before that he will get to Rome. But now, things are turning around in Jerusalem. He didn't know where he's going to end. Was he going to be killed in Jerusalem? And God just showed himself to him in a vision. The Lord just showed himself to him in a vision and said, Be of good share as you have testified of me in Jerusalem. Because he was testifying of the Lord Jesus Christ when he was talking to the crowd. And he said, Jesus Christ spoke to him. So he testified of Jesus. He so, said, you will testify also in Rome. So God just told him that you will get to Rome. No matter what, I will get you to Rome. So that is really a good comfort to Paul. But now how will it happen? This is how it begins to form. Verse 12. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. I mean, some... Some uh, extremists among them say, we need to get rid of this man, Paul, that is going to the Gentiles. We need to kill him. So they try to say, we are not going to eat. They make a promise to one another. They vow a vow in the name of God that they are going to keep Paul and they are going to stop eating. They put themselves under a cause that if anybody tastes any food, something like that, until we keep Paul, we are not going to eat anything. So they bound themselves under a cause saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. Now you can see what will happen after the crew get of Paul after many days. They're going to break their vow of the against the commission suicide. And they were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. So because they didn't want to fast it too long, they quickly came to the chief priest to ask him to ask them to call for Paul tomorrow, and we are going to we want to break their vow as quick as possible. Also. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves with a, under a great cause. That we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Now therefore, ye with the council signify to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow. As though ye will inquire something more perfectly concerning him. And we, or ever he come near, are ready to kill him. So they were ready to just commit murder. They are not going to wait for the council to do anything. But they want him to come to their means. When they come to the reason, 40 of them, they are going to divide and say some of them will stop the soldiers while the other just stop. Maybe they are going to stop Paul today. They are not going to drag, try to drag him to be stoned somewhere. They perhaps will have knives in their hand. They want to stop, stop Apostle Paul to death while the soldiers are trying to come to rescue him. We are being stopped by the other 20. We will be wrestling with the soldiers, fighting with the soldiers while the other one are killing him only right in the spot. That's what they were already planned. But see, what they were planning has been exposed by God to somebody that will make them 
fail or they will not be able to succeed or accomplish that. Verse 16. When Paul's sister's son, as is Paul has a sister that was living in Jerusalem, and he knew the that that Paul's sister's son, which is a nephew to Paul right now, has heard about Paul, your uncle, is the one that they arrested there. And some of those teenagers, they have their ears on the on the ground, they could know what's going on among the among some people. So he heard about the line in ways, maybe another person heard about it and told him, You know that your uncle? This is what they are planning against him. And he heard about it. Really, are you sure? Yeah. So, so, so are involved. So he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, Bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he has a certain thing to tell him. So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee, who has something to say unto thee. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside. Privately and ask him, what is that thou hast to tell me? See, the captain knew that for this young man who is a teenager, 18 year old, to come into the council and say, he has something, he must have had some intelligence briefing that he wanted to tell him. So he took him aside and uh, said, what do you have to tell me? So he said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou will bring down Paul tomorrow into the council, as though they will inquire somewhat of him more perfectly, but do not thou yield unto them. For they are lying in wait for him of them, more than 40 men, which have bound themselves with an oath that they will neither eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now are they ready looking for a promise from thee? Hmm. So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charge him, See thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. They don't tell anybody that you have told me these things. So he let the man go. So now he's going to act on what he has heard. Like a intelligence. That boy became like a, a secret agent that has found this what's going on and he came and leaked the secret to the chief captain. But so the captain called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready two hundred soldiers to go to Caesarea. And us men, three score and ten. That's like a whole, a whole band. And spearmen, two hundred. He was expecting that it could be a riot because if they, uh, they are washing, they might bring their own men to stand in the way and you need enough soldiers to fight them off. If they have heard that they are taking Paul away, they would have wanted to stop them. So he said, 200 spearmen and uh, 100 horsemen, 3 score 10, that's 70 horsemen. And then at the third hour of the night, third hour of the night will be what? 9 p.m. Of course, it's already dark. So it's not, they won't know that what something is going on. Unless these people that are conspirators are already watching the place, but they won't be watching because they didn't expect that this man is going to move Paul away. Verse 24, say I'm poor. So he wants Paul to be like Otherwise, we are going to convey Paul out of the city. He has to be not walking. So he said they should get some beasts, some, some cows or, or what you call oxen that will dry, dry that will pull some carts, or they just use the that is pulling the cart that he said Paul should be riding one of those. Provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. So the governor was no more in Jerusalem. In the days of the Lord Jesus Christ, the governor was Pontius Pilate, he was in Jerusalem. But now, after many times, they don't use. The pilots or the pilots anymore. 
So the government prefers to be in Caesarea. Let the just be a captain in, in Jerusalem. So they said, take him to the governor Felix. So he wrote a letter, verse 25, and he wrote a letter after this manner. Claudius Lysias, unto the most excellent governor Felix, send that greeting. So he was sending greetings to Felix. This man was taken of the Jews and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army and rescued him. Having understood that he was a Roman, he would say, why are you rescuing him? Because he was a Roman. Oh, okay. And when I would have known the cause, wherefore they accused him, I brought him forth into their council, whom I perceived to be accused of questions of their law, but to have nothing laid to his charge worthy of death or of bonds. And when it was told me how that the Jews laid wait for the man, I sent straightway to thee and gave commandment to his accusers also to say before thee what they had against him. Farewell. It's a brief letter. Say, take this and take and Paul, take Paul and this letter and get him all the way to Felix the governor. And when the governor will see a band of soldiers walking, riding towards him, you say, what's going on? So then they come and bring this prison and the letter. You know that this is important also. Verse 31. Then the soldiers, as it was commanded them, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipatris. That's, uh, that's how that's out of Jerusalem now, to another town called Antipatris. And the, on the morrow, they left the horsemen to go with him and returned to the castle. Now they have gotten Paul out of Jerusalem and in the night and got him to Antipatris, which is a small town. And then they are, the soldiers say, we, can, we that are marching, we are going to go back. You that are riding horses, you can ride horses and take Paul with you. He's also going to ride a little horse, following you, all of you, and you can take him to Caesarea. Now, what about the disciples that came with Paul to Jerusalem? Where Paul asked the way of perhaps notifying them or say, before he left, I said, but please, my friends will come. Just give them this note that we have been transferred to Caesarea. So they will now leave Jerusalem on their own and go meet Paul in Caesarea. Verse 33. So the soldiers went back, like I said, they returned to the castle who, when they came to Caesarea and delivered the epistle to the governor, presented Paul also before him. And when the governor had read the letter, he asked of what province he was. What province was Paul? When he was a Roman, what province do you belong to? And when he understood that, he was of Cilicia. That is, oh, that is where he was born in Tarsus, which was part of Cilicia when he was born. I said, okay, I will hear thee said when thy accusers are also come. And he commanded him to be kept in Herod's judgment hall. So they have a hall that called Herod's judgment hall. Now that was the end of chapter 23. And now we continue this in chapter 24. This is intriguing. You can see how the Lord delivered people. Sometimes it looks like, how will God do this? But he always do it because God is almighty God. How will he deliver Paul from the hand of this people that arrested him and they were trying to kill him? He sent some Gentile soldiers to get, to get him out of Jerusalem. 